Welcome to Health Now from WebMD. I'm your host, Carrie Gann. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope 2021 is off to a great start for you, and we're wishing you good health and peace of mind this year. We could all really use it. We have a great show for you today, all about focusing on making healthy changes as the year gets going. If you already feel like it's getting away from you, don't worry, we're here to help you reel it back in. But real quick before we get into that, please take a moment to make sure you're subscribed to our show. And if you listen a lot and like what you hear, we'd love for you to rate and review Health Now too. Thank you. All right, let's get started. For many of us, the pandemic was a perfect storm for weight issues. There was stress eating and stress baking, plus boredom and lots of time at home. We were thrown out of our routines and into the arms of our favorite comfort foods. If emotional eating called your name, it was really hard not to answer that call. But there's always the possibility of a comeback, and that's what our next guest is all about. She's Laura Downey, executive editor of WebMD Magazine. She's here to talk about something personal, how she had to change her strategy to maintain the weight loss she worked so hard for a few years ago, especially with sweets threatening to edge out healthier foods. So Laura is taking control and focusing on her health, including her food. She's blogging about that for WebMD, and we'll be sure to put a link to her updates in this episode's show notes. Laura, welcome to Health Now. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. We're really excited to talk to you. I want to start by asking you to tell us what this journey is all about for you. Are you thinking of it more in terms of your weight or your overall health and maintaining where you're at now? Yeah, um, honestly, it's more about health and wellness for me. I would love to continue maintaining where I'm at, but I would also like to push myself a little further. So the journey is like wellness because I could still maintain the same weight and eat tons of sweets, but I'm choosing now to put more fruits and vegetables in there, drink more water. So it's just overall wellness. If I lost a couple of pounds along the way, that would be great, but I, I want to feel good inside. A lot of people, I think, have a moment where they're like, oh, wow, I really need to, to make some changes here. Was there a moment that, like that that you remember uh, that, you, that led you to this? Yes. During this whole time with the pandemic and just having to be home, I have my, literally my, my office is in my kitchen. So I'm just around food. And I might not be hungry, but I will just start snacking on things. And so when I went to weigh in at Weight Watchers, I had put on a couple of pounds, not a lot, just a couple. And I thought, what am I doing? You know, um, I've got to get this under control because if I continue to buy all these snacks, which mind you, I was never purchasing before COVID. Hmm then it's going to get out of control. And then I had to remember why I even started my weight loss and, and healthy journey three years ago. And it was, you know, because I didn't always want to be the girl who didn't feel good in her clothing and who didn't feel good about herself. Let's rewind for a second. A lot of people trace their food cravings way back, long before the pandemic started. Uh, was that true for you? Oh, 100%. <laughs> Growing up, we would, my mom, dad, my sister, and I would have ice cream after dinner. 
And there were times I remember we'd just be hanging out and my dad would say, okay, girls, you know, what flavor do you want? And, you know, do you want a little Hershey's chocolate on top? And we would be so excited, just giggling. And we're like, vanilla, vanilla, you know. <laughs> and I feel like just ever since then, it's been a thing for me. After dinner, I have to have something sweet. And there might have been days where as a kid growing up, I probably wasn't even hungry. But my dad said, you know, I'm going to the kitchen, you know. And so we would just automatically be excited and, and, and want to taste that ice cream. So I think it definitely started before then. And so it, it has progressed throughout the years and it's just gone with me. Now it's like, you know, you're at a restaurant and you want dinner. Do you want dessert? I automatically am just like, well, let me just see the menu, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because I think it's just been something that I have been doing ever since I was a kid. Right. Well, and that's a, that's a hard, you know, when you've been doing something like that for a long time, that's a hard thing to, to sort of unlearn, I guess, or to learn how to think about something differently. That's exactly right. There was never a time I felt like where my dad would say, do you want carrots after dinner? <laughs> how about a big glass of water, Laura? Right. <laughs> exactly. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, I just think we, I got used to it. And so now, you know, as an adult, I, you know, after dinner, I'm like looking around the kitchen what can I, is there a cookie? Is there a piece of cake? What can I do to quench that, that craving? Right. Um, when the pandemic started, we were suddenly all at home indefinitely. What was the fallout from that for you in terms of your food and, and other health habits too? And, you know, just to be clear, there's no judgment. This is not about being quote good or bad as some people tend to think about it. The fallout was in terms of food and health. I was working out on a consistent basis at a gym with a trainer. And so even if I didn't want to do any sort of exercise routine, I had someone there pushing me. Or even at Barry's boot camp where we're all running together or we're all breaking a sweat, you feel like there's some camaraderie there. And so even as much as I didn't want to do it, I enjoyed seeing everyone doing it together. And there's the accountability there too. That's exactly right. And so when gyms closed down and I didn't want to risk getting COVID once they opened back up, I just, you know, I have no one pushing me, no one motivating me, no accountability. And so I just said, oh, well, I'll just start going for walks instead. But yeah, walks are good, but um, they're not pushing me as hard as I, I was pushing myself in those types of classes. And so I started noticing, you know, walking up the stairs, I was breathing a little harder, you know, and I thought, wow, I, and I know a big part of that was because I'm missing the cardio element, you mm -hmm. know, uh, and pushing myself even more so than just going on a walk where I don't even break a sweat. You know, I'm just um, logging miles. And then in terms of food, I realized that a lot of people were just struggling mentally with, with, with being at home and social distancing because after work, you know, everyone's going to a restaurant and you're meeting up with friends and you want to have a drink. And so because that was missing, I thought, let me, let me do some baking and start baking treats and just dropping them off to my friends to, to um, encourage them and say, hey, hang in there, you know, someone's, th someone's thinking about you. And that's when it became an issue for me because 
if just say I baked 12 brownies and I was only able to give out nine, then the other three would come to me. And it wasn't just like I was eating three brownies. Then I was getting the ice cream to go on top of it. Mm -hmm. And these are things that I normally, I would probably just say, oh, I'll have one brownie and a scoop of ice cream. And now I'm just like loading everything on. There was a major fallout. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, and it also, I mean, I remember feeling this way, even, you know, to a certain extent, it's still, still there. You think times are really hard right now. You know, there's, you know, we have, we have so little, (laughs) we, you know, all the, the things that we used to turn to for, for joy or diversion are sort of, you know, off the table. So what's the harm in indulging yourself? You know, I feel like there was that kind of thinking was pretty prevalent for a lot of people. That's exactly right. And, and I live alone. And so, you know, I'm like, well, I'm not really interacting with people. So why not have a brownie and some ice cream? No one knows, you know, right. but it's like your body knows and your body feels it. And you, you just start, at least for me, I was feeling super heavy mm. and, and feeling that doesn't feel good, especially when you wake up in the morning and you still feel that heaviness, you know, what you ate, you probably shouldn't have had as much. Right. Yeah. And the pandemic aside, 2020 had a lot of other rough times. It was a really hard year all around. Um, Was that also part of the mix for you? You know, 2020 did not hit me as hard as I feel like it has hit some people. But I feel like, you know, I like to help people. And so hearing some struggles that other people were going through that weighed on me, you know, Um, hearing about local restaurants closing down and knowing some of the owners that weighed down on me. And so, you know, you, you think, is, are we going to bounce back? How are people doing? Hearing a bunch of my friends losing their jobs because they were in hospitality. So it didn't hit me um, directly, but indirectly it did because I just kept thinking, how are my friends going to survive or what can I do to cheer them up? And I think that was a part of the whole brownies and baking for other people. Right. Um, it was something you could do, a small thing you could do to make someone else feel better, but it ended up uh, kind of rearing its head in your own life as well. Exactly. Yeah. So you have this moment where you realize that you're going to make some changes. Um, what was your plan initially? And, and did that actually change over time? It was me just thinking about my grandparents and how they all died in their 60s oh gosh yeah and it was three of them died from heart disease and then one was diabetes and I thought Laura you're like 20 some years away from that you've got to get things under control and I think I had to just sit down and process that and say I don't want to get there and so that's when I was like I need to make some changes for my health and the plan was basically stocking up on fruits and vegetables, filling my plate with those things, especially um, the vegetables, you know, incorporating lots of water. Because sometimes when I, I think I'm hungry, I just need a couple of swigs and I'm fine, you know? Mm-hmm. So playing around with my plan a little bit more um, and not just gravitating towards sweets, because a lot of times, if I'm tired after work, 
and I don't feel like cooking, I'll just, oh, bag of popcorn. Let me just grab that. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm talking about like the sweet and salty kind, not just the regular popcorn, you know. <laughs> just it plain air popped. Yeah, not, right. not that kind. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's just me substituting some things, you know. And, and there is one point where I was eating chocolate, white chocolate bars, and they come with 25 squares. And I would probably eat two of those bars a week. Well, I had no idea that I should have just only been maybe eating five squares a day and not 25. Mm-hmm. And those, are, those were some of the things to give you examples of what I was weighing my body down with. And so as much as it felt good just to sit there and stuff my face with that white chocolate, I didn't realize what the damage that I've basically been doing to myself. Did I really need 25 squares? No, I was probably full after 10 squares, but it was just, I'm sitting at home, I'm, I'm reading for class or whatever it was. So the, the plan was Jeff, definitely just to pull back on overdoing the sweets and just start incorporating fruits, vegetables, water, walking more, you know, um, starting to get my running back together. Um, before the pandemic, I was probably running 15 minutes straight on the treadmill with no problem. And now it's a struggle to, to get to five minutes. Mm. So, so it's a little bit of both. I see. Okay. Weight can be such an emotionally charged topic. It's so much more than, you know, calories in, calories out, because it's also about your daily habits and your body image and, you know, what other people, you know, how you interact with other people. Um, you're clearly focused on your, your physical health and not just the number on the scale. So how are you balancing self-love for who you are right now and, and the place you're, you're in with your health and your, uh, these goals that you have for, for your health and weight maintenance? You know, if I put on a pound, I don't beat myself up about it, especially if I know that I worked hard that week by, by getting out for a walk or hitting the treadmill or running and lifting weights or trying, you know, one of the classes on the Peloton bike. Like, I can't beat myself up for trying. As long as I know that I'm honestly trying and I'm not really, you know, sneaking snacks and, and stuff like that. Right. Um, so that makes me feel good. I remember there was a time in college where I had put on a lot of weight, that freshman 15 that you get. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, I was dating a guy and I remember he, he was like, you know, you look pudgy and Ugh. it just hurt my feelings, you know? Wow. And then I just went in this downward spiral and stopped eating totally and had just dr- lost tons of weight. And then I remember seeing him another time and he was like, you're too skinny. And Jeez. I think that's when I just realized that this is not about other people's perceptions of me, it's me and what makes me feel good, you know? And a lot of people can look on the outside and say, well, you look great. But if I don't feel great, you know, um, I know there's still more work to be done. And I think that was a big problem with me in terms of body image was always masking how I looked on the outside and I just got tired of it. And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to work on this, which is why three years ago I decided to lose, lose weight. 
um, before I turned 40 years old uh, and I lost 23 pounds because I was tired of just hiding behind clothing or hiding behind, you know, people's perceptions of me. Um, so self-love now comes, comes into big, plays a big role for me in my life. And it's, you know, whether that's taking a walk in Piedmont Park or going for a massage or just getting full hours, um, eight to nine hours rest a night, you know, the, it's those little things that I think help me with, with the full picture. Right. And knowing that you're doing something for yourself that's just for you. That's right. That's exactly right. In one of your blogs, uh, you, you write about a rough week that was starting to turn into a setback. Um, how did you stop that slide? And how would you encourage other people to do that? I definitely had to remember my why, why I even started this journey this year and even a few years ago when I said, okay, I've got to lose some weight. I remembered how I felt, you know, growing up. My dad had a nickname for me. He used to call me Chubbs, you know? Oh, gosh. And I think as a kid, it's cute, right? It's just, you know, it's a cute nickname. But then as you get older, you're like, well, I don't want to be called Chubbs anymore, you know? Um, but I never <laughs> I'm <really> 23. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Um, and I started thinking about even old photographs that I looked at myself and I was like, wow, I got out of control. Um, my first time in graduate school, I had put on tons of weight and I never even noticed and, and no one told me. And so I just started thinking to those times and thinking of myself in those photographs. And I was like, you didn't even feel good, you know? Um, and I don't want to feel that way. And I think that when I started having the setback, I was like, nope, you don't want to go back there ever again. And I really don't. And I think that's why in the past three years, I have maintained keeping off those 23 pounds because of that. That's the one thing pushing me. Like I never want to go back there to the way I felt physically. And emotionally, I think it definitely takes a toll on your mental health as well. Um, so I thought about my why, and I also went back to my grandparents at a young age dying, and I thought, mm-mm. So I just encourage other people to remember their why, why, why this is important, whether it's weight loss, whether it's overall health and wellness, but just to hold on to that, dig into that, you know, and if you have to put little sticky notes around your house that says, you know, you know, hey, remember your why, mm -hmm. why you're doing this journey, I think that's very important. And I think it's a very helpful reminder, because it's easy to get in a downward spiral, especially since we're now out and being as active as we used to be just because of COVID-19 and things of that nature. Right. And when so much else is going on, it's easy to sort of, you know, let the, the present moment, you know, crowd out the, the motivation that you, that you should be carrying with you. So that's exactly right. In your most recent blog, you talked about making intentional choices. You, you know, you talked about avoiding a cheese plate and filling up on salad instead at a dinner party, you know, taking the stairs instead of the escalator, you know, buying apples and grapes instead of chips so many parts of the day where you have to think about this goal. You know, it's sort of top of mind every time you have to make a choice. 
which sounds like it could get exhausting after a while. Um, and maybe it's still early, but have you thought about how you can avoid sort of getting burned out over time? You know, the way I look at it is that it's not just a for now thing. This decision that I'm making is for forever. And so I don't look at it um, in terms of a quick fix and getting burnt out. I look at it as a lifestyle. And so, yeah, sometimes I have to think about it, but I'd rather think about it and do what I consider is the right choice for me than not think about it. And I, I even remember um, I was in Las Vegas a couple of years ago with my dad and we were at the airport and they have tons of stairs to get to the gates. And I, I walked up the stairs and my dad jumped down the escalator and I remember him saying, wow, you know, did you do this all the time? <laughs> and I was just like, you know, dad, it's, it's these, small, these small changes, these small tweaks. You know, I'm not saying that I'm never gonna have a brownie again or I'm not gonna have a cookie or a piece of cake, but when you incorporate that with the small steps, that really makes a big difference. You might not have um, a weight loss that week, but at least you've maintained, or at least you know you did something um, that benefits your overall health and wellness. Right. So I feel like for me, that's been, that's been working a lot. Even at the dinner party, the first thing I did was grab the salad and there was a cheese tray right in front of my face. And <laughs> everybody was gravitating toward it and they were also gravitating toward you know a glass of wine and they were like Laura what would you like and I said I'll have water thank you and then I just filled my plate with that salad and I felt full and then when it was time to eat I you know grabbed the fish stocked up more on some green beans you know and when you really think about it um I didn't even have a desire or really feel like I wanted to have cake after, you know, now I did have a piece. Um, and I think sometimes that's where social pressures come in from the outside when everyone else is sitting there with a slice, you know, Sure. Um, but it doesn't mean you have to finish it. And it, it, you know, you could have a bite or two just to get that, that, that sweet taste that, that I might be craving. Right. Yeah. It's almost like you, kind of have to change, you know, people it's, you know, when you've had a hard day or like you saying you're tired or, um, you know, what have you, it's, it's easy to just go on autopilot and do the easy choices. So it's almost like you have to change what your autopilot settings are so that you're defaulting to these other things that are just, you know, better for you overall. And you don't, it may not become such an intentional choice later on. It'll just become what you do. That's exactly right. And, and honestly, I, I always like to tell people, you know, when you're around people, be around people that do encourage you and that want, want to see you win. You know, um, there are a lot of times during this journey and this process where I felt like friends were just like, you look great. You can eat that, you know? <laughs> and I don't think they even saw the magnitude of that for me because it's like, no, I can't have that. I should not have that. Maybe I could have a small piece of that, but I think friends play a big role in social pressures. And so when someone is telling you they're on a journey to do X, Y, Z, I think you should try to support them as long as it's healthy. Um, I definitely think you should support them hundred percent instead of saying like, no, you can have that 
piece of cheesecake that's, you know, however many calories, I think it's better to just be, be a support system for that person because social pressures can totally derail your overall focus and goals. Definitely. That's true. Um, Cause you know, people who obviously this is a podcast, people don't know what you look like. You, you're not, I, I can see how people would see you and think, oh, you don't, you don't need to lose weight. Why are you doing that? But it's about more than, you know, that kind of like physically how you look. It's about, you know, the, the other internal goals that you have for yourself. That's exactly right. Because when I don't pig out, you know, and I wake up in the morning and I get a good night's rest, I feel great, mm -hmm. you know, and I love that feeling as opposed to when I do pig out and then I wake up and I'm a little more lethargic or I'm, you know, the guilt is running in my mind all day. Why did you eat that? Why'd you eat 25 squares, Laura? Why'd you have an entire family size bag of chips, Laura? You know, and people don't see that. Those are the things that you emote, um, internally, you know, have to deal with. And so I think when you just are around people who support you um, in your effort to, to have a more positive, well-balanced well, well lifestyle, um, that just helps you move on um, to be able to attain and reach your goal even sooner. Right. Um, well, Laura Downey, it's been so wonderful to talk with you and, and best of luck in the next couple of months. Um, and we'll be watching for your um, blogs on webmd.com. It was great to chat with you today. Thank you so much. I'm ha I was very happy to share a little bit of my journey and I'm so excited um, with what the next couple of months will have in store for me. That was Laura Downey, executive editor of WebMD Magazine, about what she's doing to keep a focus on her physical health this year. And there are probably a lot of other people in her position looking to start the new year either by losing weight or just eating better. So who better to turn to for some practical advice on how to do it right than Dr. Michael Smith, WebMD's chief medical director. Hi, Michael. Welcome back to the podcast. It's great to be here. First, happy new year. And we're nearly a year into the pandemic, and it hasn't been easy. This has been a year of such hardship and loss for so many people. What would you say to someone who knows they want to eat more healthfully, they want to make some positive changes, but they're in a mindset of, I just can't give up one more thing. I've already had to give up so much, I can't do something else. Yeah, it's kind of crazy thinking this is almost a year when I think we all thought it would be over in no time. So now I certainly get that, you know, the, the feeling of being overwhelmed at one more thing coming at you. But because I speak to a lot of people who have completely gone off the rails with their diet, you know, emotional eating, comfort eating, even boredom eating, it's real. And at this point, it's pretty rampant. It just feels overwhelming to think about a diet overhaul right now. So truly, if so, just focus on one thing. Let's take water, for example. Make a goal of drinking 100 ounces of water a day. That's it. Do whatever else you're gonna do, just 100 ounces of water a day. Or if you're a snacker, replace one of your snacks with something healthy, like a mozzarella cheese stick and an apple. Or if you're, you know, you're a big binge watcher, Take your favorite 30 minute TV show and stand up and just walk in place during the commercials. I know these things may feel insignificant. And of course, no, you're not going to wake up tomorrow ready to flaunt your new six pack. 
But as you add on more and more baby steps over time, you will absolutely notice the transformation, both in your healthy body, but also your healthy mind. Right. Got to start somewhere. And once you get started, I think sometimes it's easier to see how you can, well, you know, that wasn't as hard as I thought. Easy to add one more little thing on top of it. Right. So which is more important to focus on when it comes to eating? Is it changing what you eat or changing your eating habits? Well, let's talk about habits. You know, personally, I'm a fan of regularly fueling your body throughout the day. It's just how I eat. It's how I advise other people to eat. Creating that habit is a good start towards just a generally healthy nutritional lifestyle. But I know it can be overwhelming to think about how to fuel your body six times a day in a healthy way. And to be honest, that's oftentimes why it doesn't work. So simply, just start eating six times a day. At first, don't even worry about what you're eating. Just create the habit of fueling your body throughout the day. Then after a week or two, or you know, whenever you feel like you have the rhythm down, start making one of your meals or snacks something healthy, like protein and vegetable meal. And each step, like we were just talking about, will bring you to your next healthy step as you start to feel better. Feeling better will just help motivate you. And so create the habit and then just build on it. That makes sense. And when you're talking about regular fueling your body throughout the day, I assume that's to prevent, you know, just getting super hungry so that when it's, when you actually get to time to eat, you just kind of grab too much or maybe the wrong foods, right? A huge, yeah, absolutely. It's a huge issue because when we allow our bodies to get that hungry, I don't care how dedicated you are, you're just going to be desperate and reach for whatever is there. And if right. you tend to have less healthy food in your house, it's likely going to be that. Right. That, that is absolutely true. I can tell I you from personal experience. Ditto. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> is there anything trendy. There's always the latest food of the moment out there or drink of the moment even um, that people kind of latch on to. Is there anything trendy that you see that's really helpful and worth a try right now? Okay, bit of a pet peeve about to come out here. So I know, like you said, we're constantly inundated with the latest nutritional hype. And I guess my use of the word hype probably you know, shows a bit of my bias here. Here's the thing. We know what is healthy. We know what is not healthy. Now, that doesn't mean there's only one way, but I'm not really a big fan of trends because I honestly feel like there's, there's not anything significant that we don't know about how to fuel our bodies in a healthy way. For example, intermittent fasting can be healthy. Eating six small meals a day is healthy. I'd even go out on a limb and say keto, if done the right way, which we'll talk more about, can be healthy. The question is, is it sustainable? Is it creating a healthy lifestyle or is it just another diet? You know, there's a reason people go on and off diets all the time because diets are temporary and produce temporary results. Are you learning how to get healthy, how to stay healthy? To me, that should be the latest trend. And honestly, is it working? Are you seeing progress? If not, Find something that is truly sustainable for you that will create a healthy lifestyle and just do that. Right. 
I suspect if there was a miracle food or a miracle diet out there, we probably would have come across it by now. Thank you. <laughs> <So>. Absolutely. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the flip side of that, is there any trend that you've heard about that you would tell people they should definitely avoid? Well, I hesitate to say at all costs, but there are some trends that, you know, one in particular, honestly, that I'm just not a fan of. A big one is loading up your diet with a bunch of saturated fat from meat and animal products, mm. essentially keto, right? Or what today's keto has come to be. Sure. But you can go keto in a much more healthy way. For example, you focus your protein on lean meats that we know to be healthy. Seafood is one I'm a huge fan of, but you can throw in other lean meats like chicken and even beef. But seriously, stop putting butter in your coffee. That is not, we know that is not a healthy habit. And, or stop using keto as an excuse to load up your body with a bunch of unhealthy fats. And here's where we know, this is what we know is healthy foods, lean meats and protein, low carb veggies, you know, not the starchy ones. Those are one of the best ways to get healthy and create a, a long-term healthy lifestyle. You can put your body into a good, strong fat burn, which is what keto means, ketosis, just by eating that way with lean protein and, and low-carb veggies. You lose weight, you target your body fat stores, it naturally suppresses your hunger and cravings, and gives you natural source of energy from your built-up body fat stores being burnt off. So actually, that's a trend that I do like, but I don't like the trend of using um, it as an excuse to eat a bunch of unhealthy fats. Right. We've talked about this a little bit, but it's been such a hard time for the past almost a year. I think a lot of us have been obviously turning to food to feel better or just sort of thinking, what does it matter if I have a little more of this? Just curious, is there something that you turn to for healthy comfort food? Well, so I know I'm probably going to seem like a health freak here, but let me just first say, <laughs> first of all, let me say that when I hear comfort food, I do think of emotional eating, stress eating, boredom eating, not eating because you're physically hungry, but because you're mentally hungry. And honestly, that's a behavior we learned in our, in our childhood. Now, I'm not going to point fingers, but let's just say when we were sad, we were given chips. When we were bored, we were entertained with cake so on and so forth. I love all those foods as much as the next person, meaning they taste amazing going down. But personally, I just don't feel that good shortly after. So that to, for me, that short-term comfort tends to lead to longer-term discomfort. So I've actually learned to change that behavior of using food for comfort. I personally keep to my schedule, two to three hours of eating. Every two to three hours, I eat something kind of in that same protein and, and healthy carb area, cheese and a piece of fruit, for example. Thankfully, because I do regularly fuel my body, I usually don't have that feeling like you were just talking about, like we're, oh my God, I got to have something. Mm -hmm. All right. So I guess I'm boring, but at least I'm not <laughs> bored eating. <right>? <laughs> That's true. What I've noticed is with my autoimmune condition, my symptoms can flare from eating those high sugary, high carb, or high unhealthy fat foods. So that's just additional motivation for me that I know I'm going to feel my best and I know I'm going to regret if I do eat that stuff. Now, to be clear, it's not that I don't ever eat that stuff, but I also don't keep it in my house. Thankfully, I don't have kids where I need to keep some of those kind of foods in my house. So 
when they're not there, I tend to not think about it because I know me when they are there, if I know there's frozen cake in the freezer, <laughs> I know it's gonna kind of bore a hole in my head. So I just, the other strategy is I use is just don't have it there. Right, that makes sense. Um, I wanna talk a little bit about physical fitness. Obviously that's important when you're talking about making yourself healthy. For those of you listening at home, Dr. Smith is also a personal trainer. So he's answering questions from that aspect as well as from doctor's point of view. So my first question for you is around the idea of how much movement you need. During you know the pandemic, a lot of us saw people we know who became marathon runners or long trek hikers during the last year, which is definitely like you know that go big or go home mentality around fitness. But on the other hand, there are some days when I think, all right, well, at least I got out to take the dogs for a 15-minute walk today. That's my physical activity. Give us an idea of how much or how little exercise we can aim for and still be healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to make this easy on you. Because if you're not active now, please don't think about exercising five times a week for 30 minutes, the recommendation that we always hear. Sure, one day. At some point, that's the goal, but not today, tomorrow, or the next day. I mean, even that 15-minute walk may just feel like for some people right now more than you can just stand for. So here's the thing. It's going to seem silly, but stand up, walk around your house for one minute. Not doing this and that, not doing your household chores, but be intentional and walk with purpose around your house for one minute with the purpose of moving your body. And then seriously, just stop. That's it, don't do any more. Because if you try to do more, the next day you'll feel like you need to do even more. Tomorrow, do another minute, and then the next day, maybe bump it up a couple of minutes. Just stick with that for a few days. My point is that if you have a goal that you're not going to do, that's useless. So just move more today than you did yesterday. And if that's a one minute walk around your living room, that's completely fine. You can keep nudging yourself over time, but don't be too ambitious or you'll just set yourself up for failure. Consistency and you'll get there. Right. If it's something that's easy to work into your day, all the better because it's something that you might end up making a regular habit. And when you do make it a habit, when it becomes a regular thing that you do, it doesn't require as much physical energy or mental energy to do it. It's just what you do. And then you can just build on it from there. Right. I've also heard about, you know, short bursts of exercise being as effective as long workouts. And to me, you know, that's maybe 10 minutes at a time. People have probably heard of the seven minute workout, which has kind of been around out there for a few years. Um, and maybe a few people saw the same piece that I saw in the New York Times the other day about something called exercise snacking, which says that even four seconds of activity can help. So what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, that's very important because people always hear that official recommendation we were just talking about, but you're so right. It absolutely doesn't have to be 30 minutes at a time. Just start doing more today, like I just said, than you did yesterday. So how much you move throughout the day is really what matters. And when you do intense exercise, if you're up for that, the great thing about that is you know, when you do something like jogging or whatever activity you enjoy, you actually get the same benefit in half the time, but you really have to work yourself up to that. I love the concept of exercise snacking, but it's important to note as an example, like that study you mentioned with the, the four seconds of exercise at a time, 
-hmm. that may not be something everybody's up for because we're talking and even though it's only four seconds we're truly talking about an all-out effort for four seconds with a short rest followed by like up to 30 bouts of that right and but even those short intense bursts increase muscle strength they improve the health of your blood blood vessels so it doesn't take that much exercise to see some benefit. So find something you will do, but most people I think are gonna benefit from going low and slow at first, and then increasing up over time to get to those intense bursts of exercise that you can do for a much shorter period of time. Of course, because of the pandemic, a lot of people are choosing to exercise at home rather than going to a gym or an exercise class. Some people are buying fancy machines or subscribing to some online workouts. Are the fancy machines really worth it? Is there some payoff that you're, you're getting from these? Well, I mean, I think you kind of just, suggest, just suggested what was true. If you use them, they're worth it. You know, anything that gets you up and moving, I'm all for it. But if it becomes a clothes hanger, eh, probably not so much. But you know, there are a lot of great pieces of equipment out there to keep things fun and interesting. If you're moving, it's all good. Of course, like you said, you don't have to have them. But I personally have to say, I'm getting a little tired of my dumbbells and bench in my living room and actually thinking about one of those fancy pieces of equipment myself. You know, it's always good to be able to change your routine both to keep things fun and interesting, but you know, also your body gets used to doing the same thing over and over again. So it actually becomes more efficient. You're not burning off as much energy. You're not building as much muscle. So you need to mix it up. So if you decide to invest in one of those fancy machines, just look for something that allows you to do something different on a daily basis, work a different muscle group or do a different kind of exercise. That makes sense instead of just kind of a, a one trick pony, a one trick, yeah, yeah whatever it would you, be. <laughs> you won't get the same benefit out of that. That makes sense. So, and what about exercise apps or an online workout? Um, are there any things that you should look for? Is it, is it the same principle? Look for something that will give you a little bit of variety of a workout? Well, that's definitely a, an important point. You know, there are a lot, there's a lot of free exercise information out there. Lots of trainers have taken their routines online. Many of them are actually free on YouTube. Here's what I would suggest is try something out, make sure it's something you will do and stick to. Like even including an app, which many of them have like seven day free trials. If you're not gonna use it regularly for those first seven days, chances are you're not gonna use it regularly for the next year. My favorite apps are exactly what you were just talking about. Something that offers a wide variety of different types of classes like muscle building, cardio, uh, yoga, Pilates, stretching, even meditation. They often even have specific programs that you can follow depending on your goals. So when you choose something new each day, it just automatically creates a well-rounded exercise routine. If you're doing these workouts, maybe something new to you at home by yourself, how do you find out if you're using good forms so you don't risk hurting yourself? You know, if you're using a trainer in person, they could show you what to do to avoid injury. But if you're on your own, how would you go about that? Yeah, form is just really so crucial. It's one of the best reasons to find an online class. And certainly plenty of those around or an app with trainers or, or just some way that you can actually watch an expert do the exercises. 
and replicate exactly what they're doing. One of the biggest reasons people stop working out is injury, and that's often due to poor form. I'm gonna to speak to guys here for a quick second because we are much worse about this than women are. Listen up guys, you will build stronger, leaner muscles with more bulk by doing exercises with great form, doing them slowly, and even using lighter weight to help ensure proper form. You're not doing yourself or your muscles any favors by straining to lift something that compromises your form. I see it all the time. And I also see that these are the guys with injuries all the time. So yes, form is absolutely key to ensure both your short-term and your long-term success. On the other hand, if you were pretty active before going to a gym mostly, but you had to let that slide during the pandemic, how do you get back into it? Yeah, I want to speak quickly to the safety of gyms right now. Of course, uh, you need to use your own judgment. It's different everywhere. But if you and everyone else is wearing a mask properly, like actually covering your mouth and nose, no exceptions, and you do your best to keep distance between you and others, which gyms still have social distancing measures in place, if you're doing all of that, the risk of transmitting the virus is actually quite low. Not zero, but staying away, you know, staying home away from everyone else is certainly still safer. But if you feel like the only way you're going to get back to being active is in the gym, if you take these steps, you can get back in there safely. I would find a gym that allows you a free discounted or a short-term trial to you so you can help ensure that everyone truly is following the rules. If they're not, my personal opinion is keep your exercise at home until the pandemic is under better control. And of course, figure out what's going on in your area because in some areas you know what's shut down in one area is different than in another so say you're you're heading back to the gym trying to get back into your routine how would you go about getting back to the level of fitness that you that you once had if that was your goal so i would say that if it's been practically a year since you've been in the gym do not expect to go in and be as active as you were before take it really really slow you will be sore you don't want to risk injury to your joints and muscles. Whatever you were doing, cut it back at least 50% when you restart. And then just work up slowly from there. And remember, just keep it a well-rounded variety of exercises, both muscle building and cardio, and don't forget the stretching. Right? Too many people just kind of pick one and go with it. But really, it is so critically important. If I were to pick one over the other, especially as we get a little older, Really, muscle building becomes increasingly important to help maintain our muscle mass, which actually helps us burn off more calories throughout the day. My last question for you applies to both better nutrition and to weight loss. What are some things that you can do to set yourself up for success? You know, you hear all the time about people, you know, the need to properly set those goals, finding someone to hold you accountable, that kind of thing. Can you talk about how those can help and how to do them properly? Yeah, I mean, there are certain things you need to look for, really, in, in finding a program that will help ensure both short-term and long-term success. In my opinion, first, is really community. Don't try to do this alone. I mean, at this point, really, why would you? You know, plus, we know that people are, who are surrounded by support and accountability, actually, research shows us they're 85% more likely to be successful. So don't be a hero. No reason to go it alone. You know, find some support and accountability buddies with friends 
family, anyone who's going to inspire and motivate you, not someone who's just going to commiserate with you about how miserable you are. That's not going to be helpful for you or for them. And then choose a program that will help you produce sustainable results through learning lifelong habits. So critically important. So you can stop the constant dieting yo-yo. It will fail just like all others have. So a program that focuses on replacing unhealthy habits with healthy ones will really help make this the, hopefully the final time you have to feel like once again, you're starting over. Now, as far as goals, I personally think dreaming big is awesome. Research even shows that being reasonable, you know, we, we always talk about having reasonable goals. You know, that actually doesn't help ensure your success any more than thinking really big or, you know, maybe possibly really small in this case. So just go for it. I encourage people to let the hope that things can really be different. Let that drive you to go all in. Because here's the thing. It only takes one simple, now not necessarily easy, but one simple thing to make this happen. And it's the decision. Once you truly make a decision to do this, and what I mean by that is that you make it as much of a priority as whatever else has been standing in your way, it'll all start falling into place because you won't let those constant little things that come up delay you even further into your health journey. As long as you allow everything else to be more important than your health, it's just going to always be a struggle. So truly make a decision go all in and you absolutely can't make it happen. Dr. Michael Smith, thank you so much for all the excellent advice today. I know everyone is looking for ways to start off 2021 as positively as possible. And I think this will really help. So thank you. Thanks again to Laura Downey and Dr. Smith and to you for listening. And keep your eyes on this feed for all our latest episodes. And make sure you follow WebMD on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Talk to you next time.